Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. This coming Sunday, we're going to be celebrating the fourth Sunday of Lent, which, in a long and ancient tradition, has been called Laetare Sunday, Rejoice Sunday. And it's called that because the entrance antiphon echoes the prophet uh, Isaiah when it says, Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Rejoice. My mother always loved Laetare Sunday because she knew then that Lent was half over. And it uh, was uh, really a welcome Sunday because the Lenten uh, observances and the Lenten fast was much, much stricter when I was a child. It was 40 days of fasting. And Laetare Sunday was to encourage us to rejoice, but it was also a time in which we wanted to assess the character of our own particular Lent. We are halfway through the season now. We might take a little time to assess what it is that we have done, how Lent has affected us, how we may have been loyal and faithful to our promises and our practices, and have we really begun to learn that call of Ash Wednesday to reject sin and turn to the gospel. And in answering that call of Ash Wednesday, have our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving borne fruit? It is also an occasion to ask ourselves, has our entire observance of Lent deepened our desire to celebrate the Paschal mystery of Holy Week and Easter Sunday. After all, my dear friends, these celebrations in Holy Week, for which Lent is the preparation, are the source of our salvation and the source of that renewed gift of hope and joy. For even though Lent is a somber time, it cannot be without joy. Joy in the mercy of God, joy in his grace among us, joy in the power of forgiveness, joy in the power of renewal. And in the understanding that in the grace of God, nothing has a final word in this this world. And it is only that moment when we are called to face Jesus Christ as he is in our last day. Now, in today's gospel, for today's Lenten Mass, there, it's a, a passage from Luke in which our uh, Lord has been expelling demons and he is quizzed by the authorities on what a permission Uh, does he do this? Who gave him the authorization to expel demons? And in part of uh, answering this about expelling demons, he really is calling on people to make a profound choice. You cannot serve both God and mammon. 
And in fact, in the gospel passage from Luke, it becomes even more powerful when our Lord says that a house divided cannot stand. Of course, this uh, really touched Abraham Lincoln and used it as uh, in his talk and his speech against slavery. A house divided cannot stand. But isn't that true also about our soul and our spirit? A soul and spirit divided cannot stand. So we are called to make a choice, a choice between serving the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. And as our Lord says in another place, I would prefer that you would be with me or against me. The lukewarm, I'm going to spit out of my mouth. Make a choice and understand the consequences. Of course, what our Lord is calling us to do is to make a choice to serve the kingdom of God. And as he says in the gospel, if I am expelling uh, demons with the finger of God, know that the kingdom is, is there among you. And he ends by saying, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So that fundamental choice of of Lent is a choice not only of prayer and meditation and pondering, but is also a prayer of action, of doing something, of moving in a particular direction. Now, I add to uh, these reflections on being midway through Lent the fact that today we are on the eve of the Solemnity of the Annunciation to uh, our Blessed Mother that she was to become the Mother of the Savior. This is a very important feast day. It is really the feast day of the Incarnation of God in the flesh of Jesus Christ within the womb of Mary. And in that celebration of the Feast of the Annunciation, which takes place, of course, exactly nine months before Christmas, which is a wonderful little detail about our liturgical calendar, we have, in fact, the beginning of the account of the mercy and the providence of God working in the fact that he has sent his Son among us, who comes to establish forgiveness and peace. And at the same time in this Feast of the Annunciation, we have the example of Mary and Mary's obedience. The fact that she is the first of all disciples and, in fact, the perfect example of discipleship of Jesus Christ. And we not only honor Mary's obedience, we pray for her intercession that we might, in fact, share that spirit of humility and obedience. And in celebrating the beginning of her sharing in the life-giving ministry of her son, we pray also that by her example, we might share fully in that ministry of peace, of reconciliation, and of joy. Now, uh, tomorrow, also on the Feast of the Annunciation, our Holy Father has asked us to do a very special and very profound thing. 
And it calls to mind the terrible, terrible Lent that our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are experiencing. With that frightful toll in human life and the uprooting of peoples. But I want to mention also in that terrible calamity that is going on now, that that war that is tearing a whole nation to shreds, there is an element that is part of it, but is very rarely mentioned, and that is there's a religious element in this as well. I don't know how many of you remember that several years ago, the Orthodox Church in Ukraine asked to be identified and to be accepted by other Orthodox churches as autonomous. And in fact, this was accepted by the ecumenical patriarch of Constantinople, who was a kind of titular head of the Orthodox churches in the East. This has been very strangely opposed by the Patriarchate of Moscow, who believe that the Ukrainian church should be subject to that uh, historic patriarchate. Also, we have to remember that Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, was also the beginning of the Christianization of all of Russia. Also, I would ask you to remember that in east, uh, the east, or western part, excuse me, of Ukraine, there is a very significant uh, number of Eastern Rite Catholics who are descendants of those uh, Orthodox who reunited with the Catholic Church back in the 17th century following the leadership of St. Josephat. And this Eastern Rite Catholic uh, Church is a very bright, uh, vibrant community. They suffered grievously under uh, Soviet rule, but yet now have expressed a, a freedom. And all of this, I think, demands of us our deepest Lenten prayer and attention. And the Holy Father uh, tomorrow is asking all of the bishops throughout the world and all of the faithful to join him in an act of consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Of course, it will be an act that is rooted in the promises at Fatima. Because we want to coordinate this temporally with the Holy Father, who will be doing this at 5 in the afternoon in Rome. Tomorrow we shall be at a Mass offering up this act of consecration at 12 noon. It will be in the cathedral, it will be in parish churches, and the Holy Father asks us if we cannot be present at that Mass with the other people, please pray the rosary at that time. And We want to understand that our celebration of Lent can be a celebration that addresses our sadness and our difficulties, but it is a celebration that by changing, by deep prayer, by a loving heart, things can change. And so we pray that the God of justice, as well as the God of love, 
Grant us the peace we seek.